0: Welcome to Step Up Your Home. I'm your host, Georgia, and I am here to remind you that you can create positive changes in your life through your immediate surroundings. Together with renovation experts and thought leaders in the toxic-free and healthy home space, I am so excited to share our knowledge and to show you how you can step up your home and your life. So I am sitting here in my son Jesse's room. This is where I record all of my podcasts because it's the one place in the house where I could just lock myself up and have this box of me where it's quiet and yeah, that's why I'm in his room. And I have just had a canceled podcast last minute. My guests couldn't make it. So I thought I've got this time, this space and set up. I've got my microphone here and my computer. We're all plugged in. So I thought, why not record an epic podcast for you guys about something really special, something that I love to talk about so much. Actually, it's multiple things. So who's ready to roll? All right, guys, so in today's episode, I felt that I was going to go through some questions that I've received over the past year, mainly via Instagram, just because that's where people ask me questions, and I was going to talk about, you know, how I felt about all of those questions, and because they were all very relevant, and I felt hugely passionate about all of them. So the first question that I feel very passionate to answer is this one, which was asked by a girl, Kristen. So how do you own your own style and not compare or copy because you feel you are not good? One of the things I love about this question is that it's just such a universal question in this day and age, you've got Instagram, Pinterest, magazines. There is this constant flow of imagery and information being shot at us every single day. And that imagery affects us in ways that we do not understand. Um, Myself, even I can proudly put up my hand and say, I've been on Instagram or Pinterest and seen something and it's made me feel like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't doing it enough. I, you know, I'm not talented, all of this stuff, which is not true. And I feel like this question that was asked to me is coming from a place of insecurity and, and the lack of belief that you're able to do it. Now, the best thing about design, the absolute best thing about design is that there is no such thing as right or wrong. And I've said this so many times. It's like, I feel like I'm a broken record. There's no such thing as right or wrong design, just your design. Design is subjective. It's like art. It's the way that our you know, cellular activity responds to visual things. And there is no such thing as not good design. You know what I mean? It's just, I think where that may lie is just in the fact that compositionally, some things might flow better than others. So in terms of owning your own style and believing in yourself, that comes with confidence within you. I mean, I have such amazing friends who are interior designers that are so ridiculously talented and I can look at their stuff and just be like, oh my God, you are so talented but that work would never come out of me because it's not my style. Like I appreciate it so much. I would, you know, love their work in my portfolio because I think it's just so amazing, but it's not going to because it's not my style or taste. It will never naturally come from my brain. So I honor my own bespoke style and you have to honor that and you have to be proud about that and you have to look inwardly. I'm really passionate about not looking at current magazines. I try really hard not to look and see what's out there in the current moment because I know I would too get caught up in the trend cycle or the mass or the goat formula. You know, I just, I really try to be inspired by ancient techniques or, you know, 15th century harem, I don't know, designs in Turkey, or, you know, I'm really trying to look at history and architecture internationally to inspire me rather than what's coming at me in magazines, because I feel as though I would get so easily swayed to want to do what everyone else is doing. So I'm really trying very hard to to limit myself from being so open to that, so that I can do my own thing and be exclusive and bespoke um so in terms of like owning your own style, that's how I go about it, not comparing okay in this question another thing, not comparing or copying so. Again, taking you back to that like constant flow of imagery and ideas and people's things being forced in our face, you know, like you're seeing every day a million things that everyone's doing one thing and like suddenly you feel like you're doing nothing, but you are doing lots of things. It's just not all being shoved in your face at once. So my advice to that would be to actually get off those social formats to, you know, um, really focus in your own lane. When I'm, when I'm focusing and I'm super passionate and I'm in depth and I'm looking into my own projects and my own array of goals and wishes and things that are on my plate and in my, in my, yeah, on my lit like just what I'm doing, I feel like I flourish. The second I look outward, I fall off. Oh, it's always, it's like that metaphor of, I think it's like the horse. That's why, like in the in the races, they put you know side guides around their eyes because when they look to the right and see another horse, they they turn off track and they you know that's when accidents happen. So they hide those other. They hide the eyes of the horse so that they can't actually see each other. So they focus on what the goal ahead is, which is to stay straight and in their lane. And it's the same thing with humans and. I know that that is something that really helps me. I, I really like everything I do. It's, it's, you know, working harder in my tile business to continue facilitating designers and 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 you guys, general public, so that you can create the most incredible interiors and the incredible spaces through my product. Like that is my end goal. I'm always focusing on the client. I'm always wanting to deliver something that's unique and bespoke and special. If I started looking outwardly at People who were doing something similar, or who I felt was maybe, you know, being inspired, or I'm not gonna, I don't wanna use this word, but I'm gonna use it like copying something that I've done with my tile business. I'm thrown, you know, I'm thrown and it upsets me and I focus on that instead of focusing on the game ahead. So that's the same thing with you, my darling girl. I want you to know that you have skill in you and that you can't, you should be kinder to yourself because, you know, in the end of the day, Saying that you don't feel that you're good. There's no such thing. We are all talented in our our own ways. I feel like we need to start trusting ourselves. You know, we've become so conditioned to think that design is right or wrong because of certain TV shows where there are judges of what is right or wrong. There is no right or wrong. Some of the best designs are so out there, so different. Like we are about to start a project in New South Wales and the bathroom is green floors, green walls, green ceiling. Like, do you think that would be accepted on a show like The Block? You know, I'm sure the judges may not, like that or feel like that is on trend or saleable or something that would be that a mass market would want. But it's those magic moments that speak and connect with the client that create these timeless, amazing interiors that we all strive to create as interior designers. So I think trust yourself. Don't look outward. Don't compare. You are great. Okay. So the next question I'm going to answer is from a lady called Tani. She wrote to me, what furniture is worth spending on with young kids or is it Ikea till they're 15? Okay. I love this question because I feel as though we just all think that practical and cost-effective means like white and Ikea. And it is so far from the truth I spend literally every day so much time on Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace and eBay where I like to find someone else's, let's say in inverted commas, trash is my treasure. And most of these pieces are amazing quality, being handed down through a family. They tell a beautiful story. They're unique, they're different, and they serve the same storage, you know abilities as something from IKEA. But the difference about them is that most likely they will last longer because they are built most likely with I don't know more more integrity and strength because IKEA is a flat pack unit. It's it's designed to be, you know, something that's affordable, cost-effective, but not forever, you know? So that's a win, but also you end up getting like a space with all these beautiful unique responses to the room or the area and I feel like if you can trust yourself and be creative like maybe you can get this solid unit of that was timber and you want to paint it pink and put like gorgeous baskets with your kids toys in it or I just really don't think you know furniture with young kids needs to mean cheap and you know and white I feel like we can really start being exciting with the way that we excited with the way that we choose furniture for our families. I mean, I have had, I have two young kids, a four and a two-year-old. We've renovated two homes and never once have we ever chosen furniture because the kids were young. I've always chosen furniture that I felt suited our home and our lifestyle and what's practical for our living. I've always been focused with a cost-effective side to what we choose and I've always felt like the kids have learned to work around that or respect that. Like even the other day we finally assembled this storage unit in our playroom, which is a really small room off, off the kitchen. And I, when I was younger, around 12, I found some amazing um, like door panels on the side of the road right near my parents' house. And I took them back home and I said to mum and dad, Mum and dad, these are amazing. We're sitting them outside the front door. They're just so cool. They were um, yeah, just like these really European joinery door fronts, and they sat outside Mum and Dad's house and everyone commented they were gorgeous. They were these like musty turquoise green. And finally, I was like, you know what, I need storage in this playroom. It's just getting out of control. So I decided to build the back side with a carpenter out of, you know, a really cost-effective ply. And then and and build them to the size of the door fronts. And then we sent the door fronts from Sydney down to Melbourne, and I've put them on the front. And you know, I didn't need to buy a cheap thing from IKEA. I now have this beautiful cupboard unit with paint. We're painting it to like this gorgeous like turquoise musty gray similar to the doorfronts it you know it speaks volumes it's unique it's bespoke to me it tells a story it's it's I love the fact that I found them when I was 12 and they're in my home when I'm 34 you know it just tells a beautiful story and I feel like that's the sort of stuff I would love all of us to start embracing and being more creative with and and trusting ourselves you know rather than us all. Sort of leading toward this, the monotonous standard, and don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for IKEA and these other mass um, flat packed furniture suppliers, like, there is definitely a time and place for them. I just don't think we need to spend our entire first 15 years of the kids' life only choosing IKEA. I think that we can be far more creative, yeah, and in terms of like what furnishes worth spending on with young kids. I mean, I think in the end, in the end of the day, like we have a couch, it's definitely stained. Thank God we can take the pillow cases of the couch off and wash them. Cause that like brings it back to new, but yeah, I would always say like, you know, choosing wisely when it comes to those like loose items so that, you know, like choosing, yeah, choosing something that can be cleaned or washed. It doesn't mean that you can't do something exciting, but just as long as you can actually um, maintain it and, and yeah, keep it afresh. Okay, guys, question number three. So this comes from, oh, I don't know her name. It's like a strange Instagram name. All right. So her question is talking to builders and tradespeople. Okay. So when you are renovating, I feel as though there's this fine line where you really want those tradespeople to know that you respect them. It's almost like you can't do what you want to do without them and they can't. They also have to respect you too because they don't have a job without you. So it's, it's the, the importance of creating this really lovely relationship Sometimes that doesn't happen because one party doesn't respect the other, whether it's you don't respect them or they don't respect you, and then it gets fed off into this sort of cycle. So I would say the most well the one of the most important things when dealing or talking with tradesmen is number one, respecting, not making them feel that you think you are better than them and that you're doing them a favor. It's about meeting them, asking questions about them. How did you get into carpentry? Making them really feel like you are interested. And then you're stepping off into onto the right foot from get go. Okay. That is number one. Number two is clarity. So it's really important. Even if you feel as though like someone will go, yeah, 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 I can do that. I can do that you always need to ask them how much does this cost can you please send me in writing how much it's going to cost can you if they say yeah yeah we can do that like you want to change something you you write to them in an email i know we discussed this change today but can you please let me know if there's going to be any extra charge because communication is key to a really great relationship with tradesmen while they're on site before after it's really important not to be uncomfortable or afraid to ask them these questions or to talk about money i i feel like if you don't talk about it up front and make it a very comfortable conversation, then it becomes way more uncomfortable down the track. So that's another really important question to be uh, sorry, important point with tradesmen, just to make sure that there's communication, you know what things are costing, you know if there's any additional that what you're up for, there's no hidden surprises. I also think it's important that when you do get their prices. If you don't understand it or it seems really high and it's a bulk figure, you have every form of entitlement to ask them to break it down or to explain it to you. Okay. Like I think that that's something that people don't know. They just think they're getting it in price. You are allowed to ask them to break that down, whether it's joinery, if you get a fixed price for the whole house, you're able, you're allowed to ask them to break it down by room by room. Cause if it goes over your budget, instead of you just saying no to them, you might actually say, look, I am able to spend X amount. So let's eliminate the joinery in the bathroom. And in turn, they might go, you know what, let's see if I can remove some things from it in other areas because they want to get every room, you know, they want to be doing every room. So it's, it's really good to be able to ask the questions and not feel stupid. Like asking questions is not a reflection of you not being smart or not knowing the answer. I feel as though I literally ask 80 questions a day because I want to understand everything that's being told to me. And I don't feel Stupid asking it. In fact, I feel smart asking the questions. And the third thing I would say about dealing and talking to builders or tradespeople is that once a tradesman is on site or a builder's on site and they're working for you, treat them like your family. Actually be kind to them. Let them walk into your house or in the space. Go and ask them how they are. How are you feeling? How was your weekend? Talk to them like a friend. And offer them water. Would you like some toast? Would you like a cup of tea? Every single time I have a tradesman working in my house, would you like toast? Would you like water? I make banana bread and I freeze it in the freezer for those days. Literally, it's like my pride and joy feeding the boys on site. And I know that they, that would that probably sounds wrong because I didn't say women on site, but honestly, I've never had a female tradesman in my home trades woman in my home so far yet. So that's why I'm saying boys on site. I hope that answers your question. Okay, guys, I hope you have enjoyed this little intimate edit of ask Georgia your question. Um, for Step Up Your Home. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've loved this episode. Let me know what you think. Leave comments below. Subscribe. Sign up to Step Up Your Home. Follow me on Instagram at georgia.ezra. Love you all. If you got as much out of this episode as I did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or your podcast app. Because that means we can educate and continue to teach even more people the link between our home and our health and the absolute benefits that come from addressing our immediate surroundings with love and care. It also means that you may be the review read out in my next episode. And remember, step up your home to step up your life.